Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right. Yeah, something funky happened to my mic. So. Uh, Please, Thundercats was better this week. Uh, I didn't even watch it this week. This week was better than the last two weeks. Well, the last two weeks were kind of craptacular. If, if if you don't mind spoilers, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Okay. They go back to the elephant village because Lionel finally has finally gotten... It wasn't really a life lesson for Lionel. It was more uh, building up the story of Tigra is going to eventually betray him. Um, they have to go back but to... But doesn't the, he have to deny him three times before... No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> They go back to the elephant village because remember in the previous couple of episodes in the, in the uh, not the last week's episode but the week before when they were originally at the elephant village and the elephants forgot yes right well they said the sto- the the stone was in the hut well the hut is the entrance to the astral plane the stone is in the astral plane so in this most recent episode this week they figure out that the Sword of Omens is the key to open the door to the astral plane, and at the end, Lino and Tigra go through to the astral plane. Groon showed back up again, had a really awesome fight with Groon, um, but it also is showing the backstory of Tigra, how he's crushing on Chitara as a kid, and she, you know they're they're both kids. They show you how Chitara eventually became a cleric. Um, it was good. It was better than the let's let's hit them with paper episode, and it was better than the elephants episode. So, I think they're finally coming around to actually telling us the rest of the story. I'm they, Paul. they finally got they finally got their par their inner Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. I'm Paul Harvey, and this is the rest of the story. <laughs> Neil, you're an older guy. You should have gotten that joke. I got it. He got it. He just chose to ignore it. Just like half the time, I'll, I'll get jokes, but I just won't say anything because I choose to ignore them. Oh, Ben. Ben, remember what I said? I told you that uh, Fish Heads was part of Bill Paxton Pinball? Yes. Here it is. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm not clicking on that link. No, it's safe. Yeah, it's just Ben Hackman. Yeah, you say that every single time, and then it's something I never can get that two seconds of my life. Oh, my from. God. There's a giant fish head sticking out of it. That's <laughs> glorious. See how long ago was this? This this uh this was he, last year. Yeah, he he finished it since this video. So the 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 finished pinball table is epic. That's epic. <laughs> I love that. It's oh my god, Neil, you don't have a Wii, right? No. Okay, you gotta admit that the, that that whammy of Rosalina's backstory in the Super Mario Galaxy is kind of dark. dark. Yeah, it is. I have never played those games, so I have no. Oh, it it, it 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 kicks you in the stomach like 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 a like a punch. It's and, and if you're like a little kid playing it and it hits you, it's like damn. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's it's. Oh, I'm. I don't doubt it. See, if I ever got a Wii, I know what I would do, and that's it's the reason why I don't have one. Is that <laughs> I would be on virtual console like every week, just buying shit, but <laughs> playing old games. Yeah, I'd be like, no, mustn't do that. Mustn't spend money. I gotta restart Skype. I'll be back in a second.
He'll be back in a second, Neil. After these messages, we'll be right back. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. The Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Welcome again to another special uh, crossover episode, Animation Aficionados, Tooncast Beyond. Uh, this is continuing our series looking into the DC animated Original movies. Uh, I am your host Ben, and we're joined by my co-host TV Swiss Neil. With this proton energy pill, I get the power of twenty atom bombs for a period of twenty seconds. And we also have with us a uh, host of <laughs> Tooncast Beyond, TFT One, Mike. Yes, that's right. And for the Tooncast Beyond listeners, this will be episode three in our DC movie spotlight. Uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about Justice League New Frontier. Oh, such a breath of fresh air compared to last week's episode. Well, oh, yeah. what, what I love about this is the original comic itself was a love letter to that transi- ta- that little transition period between this, the Golden Age and the Silver Age of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it was post World War II. Uh, Pre uh, pre Red Scare, it, it it's just, it's just like this little butter zone of of awesomeness about uh, you know uh, you know between the, the Golden Age variations, the Green Lantern where the lantern was like a genie lantern, and uh, the Flash got his what was Jay Garrett got his powers from breathing hard water, and uh, yes, that did happen, and and you know the the, the Silver Age versions, you know, with Barry Allen. The Flash, who got his powers from lightning, and uh, and uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, got his ring from a from a space police corps, and really, that that's that's the difference. It's you, you don't actually see you know the the Golden Age versions of these characters in this, but what I did like was you actually did see the Golden Age versions of Batman and Superman in this, and their transitions into their Silver Age versions. Yeah. Um... You know, this movie, as I said, coming off the heels of just a sour taste that Doomsday left in our mouths, New Frontier was so much better. It was better written. Uh, Voice cast was amazing. Um, Oh, Neil, someone listened to you because you always said, somebody cast her. They did. (laughs) Awesome. Lucy Lawless as Wonder Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little weird to me. Okay, well, well, that's that's Neil's dream, right? And like I said, uh, the the reason why I think a lot of the love came through is because the original comic book was a love letter to the Silver Age, and a lot of people that are working on the movie understood this, and a lot of that same love translated perfectly. Well, to set the real to really set the stage here. Um, the film was written by Justice League writer Stan Berkowitz, and it also had consulting on it the guy that wrote the comic, Darwin Cook. I mean, he That's had true. full interpretation, even on the DVD set. 
there are two separate commentaries, one with Bruce Tim and the producers and one's just with Darwin Cook talking about the uh, talking about the movie. So, I mean, this wasn't like they, you know, this wasn't like Doomsday where they may have talked to the writers of the Doomsday of the They the, didn't. I'm just okay, I'm just saying they may have like consulted with them, but they didn't bring anybody in to actually consult on the movie and what it is. Whereas this, they actually brought the guy that wrote the story in to consult on it, to make sure the vision was done properly. And it was. And also the change in the animation style to not quite mirror exactly, but mirrored the, what I would like to call the artistic intent of the comic was, was brilliant. It was beautiful and it was brilliant. And really what I love about this is Yes, there are segments with Batman and Superman and all these other characters, but to me, in my mind, this is really a Barry Allen story. I would, well, I would say that, yes. I would say that the main focus here is on Hal Jordan, Barry Allen, and Martian Manhunter. Um, Batman and Superman are there, Wonder Woman's there, but... I mean, they're just there. I wouldn't say they're background characters, because those are the big three of the DC, but... The story isn't focusing on them. It's more so focusing on them as a part of the team. But as far as the overall individual stories, you have Barry's, uh, Hal's, and uh, and and Martian Manhunter's story. Um, I I just I really like this movie. And when they when when we started hearing rumblings of that horrible horrible live action uh, thing that happened uh, with the yellow fear monster. Uh, (laughs) My initial thought when they, before they even mentioned who is going to be the green lantern in that movie, as soon as I heard David Boreanaz voicing him, I said he would be perfect for a live action green lantern. I don't care how old the guy is, whatever else he can carry himself on screen as an actor. And him voicing Hal, honestly, for me, is probably one of the best voices of Hal ever. I agree, and it's really hard to cast Hal as a voice because it, it's hard to reconcile the expectation people have for Hal and who Hal really is as a character because the part of the, part of the thing is lots of fans memorialize and outright worship the myth of Hal Jordan. Sadly, some of these fans are actually writing the books now. And <laughs> That sort of makes it to where it's it's an unattainable, uh, you know, ideal that's that that's not who the character really is. Hal Jordan is a flawed person. He 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 has done wrong. He has he has driven drunk. He he cra- he has he has uh, slept with a, an underage girl. He he isn't the best man, but he is a hero. Yes. Um, when did you guys first see this? Did you guys like run out and pick this up on DVD as soon as it came out? Or did you wait for the premiere, which happened on October 18th, 2008 on Cartoon Network? I waited for the premiere personally because, uh, Superman Doomsday left a bad taste in my mouth. No, as soon as I saw the, the, the trailer and all, you know, nowadays with the internet, the special features like the, 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 the making of stuff always leaks on the YouTube first. Whenever I saw those, I was like, yep, I got to go out and get this. And I immediately went out and got it. Um, what about you, Neil? I just waited for the premiere. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> no, we, we, we uh, if you punch a dog in the nose, it doesn't come back to you immediately. You can't say the dog's done. Well, 
Right, but this, like I, like we've said, this was a completely different story, completely different animation type style compared to Doomsday. So a lot of the same team. But that doesn't matter though, because they they're, they're still doing very well. I mean, you know, granted, Doomsday was a misstep, but you know, this kind of makes up for that. I think it does. It really does, and uh, I really, like I said, I enjoyed a lot of the. What I enjoyed personally was the segments with Batman, especially how you know it actually had my God, it's the it's it's goddamn original Detective Twenty Seven Bob Kane Batman in there with 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 the big ears and it had it had the it was the perfect translation of what the Bob Kane Batman originally was, except he didn't carry the dual pistols because yeah. that was something that they just sort of stripped out of the character. And for people who don't know, yes, Batman originally carried two pistols in the original comics, just like the Phantom. And uh, one of the bloodiest original issues you can get is the one where uh, Batman fights the uh, Mad Monk. Yeah, the only complaint I have about Batman in this movie is that they should have gotten somebody else other than Jeremy Sisto to voice him. I like Jeremy Sisto as an actor, but... His voice just does not fit Batman to me. Even even in the Silver Age Batman, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right. He to delivered me. one line perfectly. It was when he was talking to Martian Manhunter, and he said, "I have a million dollar rock for the one in Metropolis. Yeah, all I need for you is to drop a dime for a box of matches." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and he delivered that line perfectly. Yeah, he did. I, I, I will give him that, but just, I don't know, just the overall feel. And again, as I said, you know, the big three are, are almost second fiddle in this movie because, you know, Hal, Martian Manhunter, and and, and Barry are, are the ones that are really with the story. As far as the cast goes, as I said, David Boreanaz, Miguel Fair, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. What the hell is Peter McAllister doing in here? John Hurd as Ace Morgan? Wow. Huh. Well, one thing to keep in mind is I really do see this more as as a Barry story than a Hal story or even Martian Manhunter story because because Martian Manhunter made a decision to 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 come here early on. You know, Hal Jordan is in the military. He made the decision to 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 fight long ago. Barry Allen was just a citizen, and you know he made a decision to fight crime, and then all of a sudden because he's wearing red or something, people aren't trusting him. And he, and then you know he has to make that decision again, in in the in the face of everybody not trust you know in, in the face of everything he has to make that decision again. Right, that's right. But still, it, it I don't know. It maybe it's because it starts off with telling part of Hal's story that I think that the movie is solely for Hal. Uh, but it's you know as I said, it's more of a team effort really. Uh, and you know as, as Neil has always wanted, Lucy Lawless is now Princess Diana. Uh, Although I kind of wanted her as the physical uh, representation, but I'll take it. Well, she kind of is almost a little bit. That's why he wanted her cast in the movie, in, in a live action <laughs> movie. But uh, Neil, in your opinion, in your opinion, would you say this is a Barry Allen story or a Hal Jordan story? Um, I'm gonna lean toward Barry Allen because the uh, just because the uh, the Green Lantern part of the story was kind of slow in developing and. He didn't become the Green Lantern until very late in the movie. And, right. In the yeah. last eight minutes. I mean, <laughs> Basically. You know, I would say that 
it is it is a Barry Allen story to the point where as soon as we see him, it's mainly focused on like the police are going after him. He's using his powers. He's stopping Captain Cold. He's the one that has to run at super speed around the sh- around the centaur thing to to d- to destroy it. I will I, I will give you guys that, but. Just the way the movie starts out, most people might think, most people that don't know a lot about comics, your everyday mainstream audience might think that it's a Hal Jordan story because it starts out with him in the war and doing all the flying and then going to Ferris Aerospace and all that. Uh, And then you have, which I would actually have preferred Adam Baldwin over this, you have Kyle MacLachlan as Superman. Ugh. Well, in the head. This leads me to one thing. There's, there was a. I know it was the the scene was exactly the same in the comic, but the scene near the end where where Aquaman shows up dragging Superman out of the ocean, saying he's been he's been crying for a woman named Lois for the last ten minutes and wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, well, gee, that was very tacked on, and I guess all right. Yeah, we have Aquaman, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then... And yeah, that's, that's about as mean as I can be to this movie because everything else is great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, and you got Vandal Savage, Phil Morris, as King Faraday. That's pretty awesome. Lex Lang as Rick, Rick Flagg. And then a much better voice for Lois than Anne Heche ever could be, which is Kara Sedgwick. The closer. Yes. <laughs> And uh, I like how it harkens to a lot of a lot of Silver Age that a lot of new people would know about, like the fact that uh, Lois is a TV reporter. That's mm-hmm. uh, not many people remember those days. Yeah. Um, overall, I mean, I really like this movie. I like I like all the little nuances in it, like with the Flash and the way he uses his super speed. Um, and really, one thing we have to say is, in the end, the villain itself, you know, this unspeakable horror from beyond the stars, is not that important because it's basically just there to bring everything together. And that's perfectly fine for what the story is. The story isn't about the villain. The story is about... Is, is about you Uniting know, the team. I, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the only really great thing about the villain in this movie is the fact that it's Keith David doing the voice... Um, Keith David has an amazing voice for voiceover and he has this really epic evil voice in this and that was really great Um, but I mean it's a giant floating living island and we also you know the animators did a great job of when Hal flew his plane into it Mm -hmm. and it was it got really trippy oh yeah that was awesome The, the effects in this are great no, they went they went real trippy with the with the animation there. I mean, it was it was it was nice to see some good honest to goodness experimental animation once again. Yeah. Neil, what are your overall thoughts or any, any thoughts you have on this? Um well the only thing that we haven't covered yet is uh the Mar- the Martian Manhunter and that I kinda like the early development in the movie where he's he's watching T V and I think that's actually how he learns English, so it's yeah. kinda like splash. And, and not to mention, and, didn't they also and, do? Oh, I'll let you go ahead, Neil. Sorry. What, yeah, at one point he's sitting there in front of the TV, and he he morphs into Bugs Bunny, and not just yeah. any Bugs Bunny, the classic Bob Clampett Bugs Bunny. <laughs> That's what happened in the comic, Neil. <laughs> that was that was wonderful. 
Yeah, Martian Manhunter in this was great. Because as you said, he's he's learning the culture. He he just arrived, he's learning the culture. Um and honestly, this movie is more so a testament to humankind rather than the superheroes, because you have all these people coming together in the end to to fight this thing. All the all the military fights, um the fact that Jean portrays himself as a policeman. And you also have uh, you also have the scene where 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 Jean is actually being affected by the living island, and yeah. it took it it took uh, a human's bravery for him to stamp out of it and you know hero up. <laughs> Where's a rimshot app when you really need one? <laughs> I'm not allowed to say hero up. Well, I guess you live in superhero city then, right next to Villainville. You know, it's big damn hero time. It's that's not that's not from a superhero show. That, that's from <laughs> that, that's from uh, that's from Firefly. Yeah. Um, overall, this movie's great. Uh, the animation's great. The voice acting, even though I could, I wish I we had different. And it does, didn't matter. They, they could have gotten anyone else. I would. I I'm not sitting here saying I want Daly or Newburn or Conroy as either Superman or Batman. I'm saying they could have gotten anyone else other than Kyle MacLachlan and Jeremy Sisto as as the two char- as those two characters. I just didn't like their voices, regardless of that one great line that 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 Batman had. I just didn't like it. I didn't like either one of their voice portrayals. But then again, they they are barely in the movie when you look right. at it. I mean, they, they they were working they were working more to cast a perfect Hal Jordan and a perfect Barry Allen. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris like took it home as Barry Allen. Yeah, he did. And that's what they were looking for. I mean, you know, do you spend do you spend a lot of time casting for for what's in the end is almost ten minutes of dialogue from somebody, or do you spend a lot of time casting someone who is like? Uh, 50 minutes of dialogue. Yeah. Um, what else can we say about this one? I, I mean, I guess I could kind of go into the special features that are on the DVD. Uh, the, both commentaries are great. Um, to actually have a commentary by the guy that wrote the actual comic is very insightful. Uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff was great. Well, Warner Brothers animation never skimps on the extras. I mean, no, they never do. Even even the, even the God Awful Mystery of the Batwoman had tons of extras. I mean, it's it's not like they were you know bought by Bit Disney who doesn't give extras at all. <coughs> Marvel, <coughs> Marvel. Yes, I I could see that setup coming a mile away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now this is the one that. Um, uh, hang on. Fuck. God damn it. Somebody say something because I have to look something up and I'll have to edit this out. All right. Uh, Mike is not being a Boy Scout because he obviously wasn't prepared. Shut the hell up. Uh, he asked you. Well, no one's getting their merit badge today. Uh, ha, ha, ha. For some odd reason, it wasn't in the thing. All right, here we go. So to date, Justice League New Frontier has made $5,237,567 and it has sold over just over 300,000 units. So it it definitely more than made its money back, but oh, it yeah. also it also didn't uh, make uh, what Superman Dooms, Doomsday did, which is yeah. kind of a shame because this is obviously a superior product. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a hell of a lot of shame here because, as you said, superior product, you know, much better story, much better animation, way better voice casting. Um, so, I, I think it really helps that they they told a story that that wasn't you know that wasn't vilified for for ten years and tried to decide okay we have to get what's vilified to make it work because New Frontier as a, as a graphic novel. Is is loved, not well known, but loved around the circles that do that do know it. I think that's what really helped it because because it was fairly recent too. It wasn't as old as the uh, Death of Superman storyline either. So, you know, it was fairly recent. It was fairly loved. So those two things helped it. You know, push through with, uh, especially with the actual author helping. You know. Now, how much of this is condensed from the actual story of New? It's it's actually a very good near faithful adaptation. Oh, cool. And I love how they used the uh, the Kennedy bits at the end. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I know the I know the speech you're talking about. Yes. I thought that was very awesome because it's, you know, it's 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 the Kennedy speech up against the heroes fighting this this great evil at the time, uh, you know, and in the end Flash saves the day. So going into the IGN replacement crew, one through four, one is don't watch this even if it's free, two is worth a watch if it's free on TV, three is worth adding to the Netflix list, which it is currently not on Netflix Instant, which is a shame, and four is this is a must-add to your DVD collection. Ben, one to four, what do you give New Frontier? I give it a definite four. This is really this is really the team, you know, shaking off the cobwebs, really, you know, they... they they got their act down now. They know what they're doing. This is definitely a four. Neil? I'm going to give this movie a wonderful review of, uh, I'd say three. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite the DVD collector, so I'm, I don't know. I'd say watch it on, on, uh, on Netflix if you can get it. And if you're, if you're just really that superhero fan, go for the DVD. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four as well because this – this is a movie I could watch, you know, once every three or four months and just really still love it. Um, you know, as we've said, this movie is very well done. Uh, this movie, surprisingly, this DVD came out when we were still having the Blu-ray versus HD DVD war. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. More like a backyard brawl. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Yeah. I everyone knew Blu-ray was going to win. I knew a lot of early HD adopter HD DVD adopters that were very pissed off at <laughs> they put some time down on some HD DVD players. Like you do know that Blu-ray is going to win. I mean, they got all the studio support. That's what counts. And they're like, "No, you're wrong. HD DVD is just better." It's. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. It's the same thing with Betamax. You know, Betamax is technically a better picture than VHS, but which one won again? It is. Uh, Entertainment Weekly talking about direct-to-videos and Superman Doomsday revealed that pre-orders for the new Frontier were tracking further ahead than expected. So that's saying something. I mean, regardless of how bad Doomsday was, if the pre-orders for this were tracking ahead of what they're expecting, that says something about this movie. It certainly does. And so that's something about the people who, you know, word of mouth really helped too because, like I said, the graphic novel is fairly well loved. Yeah. I 
honestly would love to pick this up on the graphic novel just to read it and just to see the visuals in the graphic novel, but the movie is a great adaptation. So with that, here on Tooncast Beyond, I think we're going to take a break. You're going to hear some crazy ads, and then we'll come back with our final thoughts. We'll be back after this. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free use and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy, just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Geekcast Radio when you register. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Hey, Mike, you know about the Jerry Lewis clown, right? Yeah. You're going to break his brain, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, but, it's not going to work because whatever link he's going to put in the chat. No, I'm not going to tell you. The, I'm not going to give you a link. I'm going to just tell you the story. There was an episode of Animaniacs where they had a, a clown that that's voiced to sound like Jerry Lewis that's trying to entertain Wacko. Yeah. Because oh, Wacko's afraid of clowns. Oh, I remember that episode. I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. but there's a joke behind that, that that I didn't know about that's really dark. Jerry Lewis was trying to actually made a movie that's never going to be released because it's 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 that bad. Where <laughs> Jerry Lewis is, is a is a German clown that's thrown in a concentration camp, and he's he basically the Nazis tell him he okay he has to play the clown and he has to like ha- happily lead children like the Pied Piper into into the gas chambers. Oh wow, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm telling the truth. 
I'm not it, saying that you're not. But and if Jerry Lewis wants this movie to wants to release this movie so yeah. badly, this is his magnum opus, and everyone else who ever touched this project is like, no, Jerry, yeah. no. He showed it to Harry Shearer, and Harry Shearer was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Harry Shearer should have said, no, this is not excellent. And what 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 I picture what I picture is uh, the the Animaniacs writing teams like okay Wacko hates clowns so let's do a, a whole episode where Wacko's abusing a clown and then one of the other writers says let's make it Jerry Lewis and then the room erupts in laughter. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that's I I can't believe they got that past Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg probably endorsed it and said sure throw it in there it'll be funny. Spielberg's Jewish, you know that, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> Just making sure. I know, I know. Oh, nice and chubby baby! God. Well, that was better than, you know, tongue two, three, one, two, three. <laughs> but that, that's what, that's why I love. So every time you ever watch Animaniacs and you see that scene, remember that. <laughs> All right. A few moments of silence. In honor of the Jerry Lewis clown. We are back here on Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. Neil, final thoughts on New Frontier? Um, hmm, good movie. Uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with the with the comic. Ben would be a better candidate to kind of wrap it up, but uh, I liked it. It was uh, it was a fun movie. I liked the Flash in it. I liked the Martian Manhunter. Um, wasn't too crazy about the Green Lantern uh, part of the story, but you know, it's not it's not that much of a flaw. So uh, yeah, go. Go watch it, kids. <laughs> My final thoughts, because we'll let Ben go last, seeing as how he'll have the most to say. My final thoughts is, as I said, the voice cast in this is great. The All of the stories for the team coming together are great. The animation's great. There really isn't a single misstep in here outside of my little nitpicks of Superman and Batman's voices, but they really aren't the characters for this movie, so I can overlook that. What about you, Ben? What are your final thoughts? I think this is one of the best near-direct adaptation of an existing graphic novel because there's not that much adaptation decay. Having Cook as part of the team really helped it. The animation style is beautiful and really harkens to what the book's art style is. And other than the Aquaman, this this man is keep, keeps on asking for Lois. Does anyone know who Lois is? Seeing at the end, this is actually a great movie and. I just sort of stopped it right before then. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so thank you for joining us here on the Tooncast Beyond Animation Aficionados crossover. There are so ways to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the shows. Visit the websites, geekcastradio.com and animationaficionados.com. You can comment on each of our episode posts. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show names there are Tooncast Beyond, A Aficionados. My Twitter is TFG and Mike, and Neil doesn't care about Twitter. So, um, Ben, do you have a personal Twitter other than the anim- Animation Aficionados one? Uh, yes, I do. Which would be? <laughs> it's only for friends. Oh, God. Give me- Twitter is not Facebook, damn it. Uh, speaking of which, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network and facebook.com slash animation aficionados. 
Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and the Animation Aficionados crossover. And join us next time when we will be continuing the DC Universe animated movie spotlight with Batman Gotham Knight. <laughs> for now, I am TFG1 Mike with... And Ben the host. The host. We will see you next time. Good night. Bye. We stand today on the edge of a new frontier. The frontier of unknown opportunity and peril. I'm asking each of you to be pioneers towards that new frontier. Oh, you forgot to put the Mel Gear Solid sound in your episode. I know. Oh, well. That's you, okay. you left me telling you to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't care. <laughs> but Neil did an awesome job in post by adding that in. Yeah, he did. He did. And, you know, and I figure our, obviously our two shows are obviously going to be different. I mean, it's yeah. not, you know, which is fine. It's, it's like it's like a bunch of kids talking about Batman. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which Batman version you're talking about, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so so yeah, it's uh, Mike is the campy fifties uh, Batman and really uh, awesome no, 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 no. I am Return of the Joker, you asshole. I'd much rather be associated with Return of the Joker than Adam West Batman. No, fifties Batman. Oh wait, was there a TV show in the fifties? Because if there wasn't, it doesn't matter. No, I think you're thinking of the sixties. Yeah, that's yeah. See, no, not the, no. The, I'm talking about the comics with the oversized instruments and. Batman had an oversized instrument.